And once you do trust yourself, you start to find your own authentic life, your own authentic direction and style and and everything will come together. Welcome to A Congruent Life, where we share inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. A Congruent Life is an interview project sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, discovering their passions, and living authentic, amazing lives. Here's your host, Andy Gray. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Wow. It's now episode 41 of A Congruent Life. My name is Andy Gray, and thanks so much for joining us on this exploration of authenticity and sharing some stories of some interesting people who are reinventing their lives in some very inspiring ways. Today, I'm sharing in a conversation I had recently with Farnoosh Brock, who I'm glad to welcome to the show for several reasons. First, she learned some important lessons from growing up in Tehran and immigrating that she's continued to apply to many aspects of her life. Second, she had a very successful technical career with everything she thought that she wanted, but yet she came to understand that it wasn't really fulfilling, and she had the wherewithal to make changes that really did work better for her. And third, she's very passionate about helping others to discover and make similar changes for themselves. I'm talking today to Farnoosh Brock, who is an author and coach and the founder of Prolific Living. Farnoosh, welcome to A Congruent Life. Hi, thank you, Andy, for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Absolutely. I'm really glad that we're able to connect like this. We've run in similar circles for quite a while, and it's great to finally connect directly and talk a little bit about life. And I think you have some pretty interesting stories about authenticity to share with us. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Well, let's just start maybe by giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself to our audience. Sure, I'm happy to. So I like to say that I am an ex-corporate gal. I spent a long time in the corporate world and before that in engineering school. But uh, in 2011, I started to completely reinvent myself, if you will. I quit a very successful high-paying job and uh, I decided to blog (laughs) for a living. You can only imagine my family's reaction. So I really didn't know what I want to do. But I knew what I was doing was not it. And it had been many years building up to that point. And since then, it has been an amazing journey of discovering and living and working and doing what I really want to do. I think I have been able to tap into creativity that I didn't even know I have. And from there, I have created a business, a company. I now work full time with my husband. I also hired him a year ago in December, and we have just really taken things to a completely new direction. We changed course completely from where we were going. We love to travel a lot. We love to create products and programs and and blogs and anything that is aligned to this mission, which is to live authentically, which is beautiful because that is your mission, and also to really set our own terms. So for us, it's travel, it's being together, it's being our own boss and uh, creating things that are not there, that, that were not there before, like books and and uh, programs and audio programs and stuff like that, that I really enjoy. So that's that's it in a nutshell. I hope that gets us started. 
Oh, I think that'll get us started uh, really well. It's it's amazing how many how many overlaps there are here. I was very confident that you'd be a fantastic guest for the show because we do focus on so many of the things that you mentioned just in that introductory paragraph there about uh, reinvention and getting in touch with the things that are important with us and living life deliberately and really trying to create an authentic life. So let's uh, let's jump into some of that stuff. An interesting thing, you grew up in uh, Tehran, I believe, right? That's correct. Tehran, Iran, in the Middle East. So what was your, your childhood experience like? And, and how do you think that that maybe has affected who you are today? My childhood was a good one. And my mom likes me to say this. And it really was, even though we had war. There were periods where our city was being bombed. Can you imagine? I mean, the lights would go out and the sirens. And that was part of it. But it wasn't all of it. And um, I had friends. I had the best friends of my life as my childhood friends. I worked really hard in school. Education is very important to us. Family was very important. We had lots and lots of gatherings. You know, our entire family and relatives and cousins, everyone lived in Tehran. So every Friday night, which is the weekend night, everyone would get together. And it was just very close-knit growing up. But, of course, it was very hard because the government was really going through a very hard time. It was a very fundamentalist government that had come to into power and it was very very difficult you know the recession the economy was in shambles so i watched i was a child i watched my parents they provided a good home for us and there was a lot of worry and then we moved to turkey when i was 11 years old we went to go on a two week vacation and we never returned so that was a little shocking uh, getting used to turkey living in turkey learning a new language learning three new languages you know turkish german and english And just watching my parents start over from scratch, that was very, very hard. And then we moved to the U.S. three years after that, and we started over yet again. So it was uh, a lot of, you know, tightness in the family that we had to uh, value. And I learned that uh, you can do anything. And I forgot that lesson, funny enough. When I got a little complacent as I got older and I got into the corporate world, I forgot that uh, you can actually start over if you are on the wrong path. You can pursue whatever dream you want. I watched my parents do that. So that's that's a long answer to how was my childhood. My childhood was fine. Thank you. <laughs> how was yours? <laughs> So you ended up in the United States and then you started doing, I guess, what would be sort of a traditional Western sort of career track. You you were talking about a, a long corporate career. Right, right. I went to the corporate world. I started actually at a startup company. So I was there for 18 months. It was very different from the large corporate environment. But I ended up landing a nice job at a large corporation. And I was in love with this corporation for many years. So I had a very good career. I traveled the world. I learned a lot. I changed jobs. So I wasn't just doing engineering at the beginning. I wasn't just doing engineering. I did that at the beginning. I did lots of things. And um, I got a lot of experience, uh, but I also got very restless. I think that's a good word for it, restless. And I couldn't understand for the life of me why I was making a lot of money, more than I ever thought I would. I had great bosses towards the end. I had influence. I had authority in my job. I was an expert. I was certified. I had a great position. 
I traveled. The world travel is very important to me. So I traveled for my job and I just, I was getting more and more restless and I felt like what I was doing just didn't have this meaning, this significance. So that's when I started to question why am I doing this? Where is it going? Why am I so unhappy? And of course, that leads you to a whole personal development journey, which all of us are very interested in. At least I know the people that listen to your show would be. It's really easy to get sort of seduced by that success, you know, mm-hmm. to get almost trapped, if you will. It's like everything is going great. I have this great career. I'm making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm well respected. I get to travel, all of these things. And and then there's that sort of gnawing sense of, well, yeah, but it's, it's not quite right. There's something that's not adding up for me here. So how did you go about untangling that and getting to the place of saying, you know what, it really is time for me to remember this lesson from my childhood of it's okay to reinvent myself? It was a process and I work with clients every day and I see them where I used to be and I try not to forget what it felt like to be there because when you are in that place and some of your listeners may be, it is very hard to imagine being out of it and being untrapped and being free and you may think the people who are are lucky or somehow they 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 had a good timing or some opportunity came along for them so i remember what it was like and it was a process it was baby steps it was discovering it was giving yourself permission first of all to to accepting that you are not happy and that is okay to accepting that you are not being ungrateful by being unhappy that's very important because we don't want to be ungrateful we are good people and if you think you're being ungrateful then you start to question well what's wrong with me well nothing just because you're making money and you have a good job doesn't mean you have to be happy so just separate gratitude from happiness and then start getting getting curious. I think when I got curious, I got into writing, I got into blogging, I got into a completely different direction. I mean, Andy, I went to school, I have two electrical engineering degrees, I have certification upon certification from technical worlds and industries. And I am writing health books right now and, and running a blog and doing business coaching. So it was very hard for me to think, it's okay to go in this direction because have I wasted my life pursuing all this work and all this recognition so that now I do something different? And so another big lesson is it is not going to waste because life and your career isn't linear. There is there is a lot that goes into each move. So think of everything you're learning as you're putting something into your bag and this bag is coming along with you and I'm making this along so I hope this works out but hopefully (laughs) you're putting every bit of knowledge certification information degrees in your little bag and taking these steps up the ladder of your career and even if the certification doesn't apply directly to the next thing you're going to do, or you studied something in college and now you want to do something different. If it doesn't directly apply, it does not mean it was a waste. And I can explain that because I really do see that. Sometimes I feel my engineering degree was a waste, but I can see today that I use analytical thinking in making decisions in my business. So you have to understand Things don't apply directly, but they will apply indirectly. And together, it's you, it makes you the unique person that you are, which makes you so special because nobody's going to be able to create a business or a book or a product or something like you because everything that you've learned 
adds to what you create. Does that make sense? That makes great sense. And that's such a refreshing perspective on this because that does come up all the time. You know, it's like, well, I've invested so much into this particular path that Mm -hmm. there's a sense of inertia or a sense of, like you described it, of, of wasting the experience that I have. And it's so wonderful to be able to pull that apart from being able to go to a new path and say, this combined set of experiences and knowledge and things that I've done in my past are part of what has brought me to this point. And there's no reason that I can't take another direction going forward. Right. And that lesson only took 10 years, eight years, something like that. (laughs) That's actually pretty fast, I would say, if it only took you 10 years. You think so? All right. Great. I feel great now. No, seriously, this this is true. It's so true. And I think once you realize this, first of all, you have some inner peace and you can think clearly and you can make better decisions for yourself and you can be more confident and you can trust yourself more. And again, to, to really go back and answer your question, as you go through this process and those transformations happen to you, then you start to find the right place. And if you have specific questions, we can certainly delve into them. But really, it's just a matter of discovery because the road that I am traveling now is completely unplanned. There is no roadmap for it. There is no map for it. So my husband and I are figuring it out. And in in corporate or when you have a job, there is a plan. They tell you what to do, where you're going. There's different directions you can take. But you have to also understand how comfortable you are with risk and with adventure. And you might be surprised if you just allow yourself to really be who you are and not who you are supposed to be, then you might actually enjoy risk and adventure. We actually have a lot of fun with it because every day brings a new adventure that we didn't even know. And sometimes it's not always good news, but uh, we are still taking all of it in stride and and we love it. That actually does lead right into the next couple of questions that I wanted to ask about that. How did you discover what you what you truly valued and mm-hmm. then be able to uh, sort of parlay that into a plan? I was very independent, which is why if you ever interview any of my bosses, they may not say a lot <laughs> of nice things. You know, I would go in and tell my boss what we were going to do. So I knew from the beginning that I want to lead something. And leadership was the first part. And I thought, okay, I want to lead something. So there's all these leadership programs and leadership roles in a corporate job. But but when I was getting restless, I knew that something is off. The leadership part was true. It was part of who I am, but it wasn't in that corporate setting. That wasn't working for me. So what I was doing to answer your question is I was trying to eliminate what is my true path, what is what I really want, what makes me happy versus what doesn't. So if you don't know, and again, this is something else when I work with my clients or students in my courses, they don't know what they want to do. They feel unhappy where they are. They are trapped. They are in a career uh, crisis to, to dramatize a little bit, but it happens. You've worked 10, 15 years, you come to that point where you just don't know where to go next. So what I start to have them do is first think about what's not working and let's put all of that down and make sure you don't want to continue that or go somewhere where you get all of that. So if you don't know what is going to be for you, let's figure out what is not. Let's eliminate what's not working. So I was doing that for myself and 
the whole leadership thing, going back to that, I wanted to lead my own business. I didn't want to have a boss. I wanted to do things my way. I wanted to set direction. I wanted to set my own strategy, my own vision, my own products, my own programs, my own projects. And so the more I, and I started on a tiny little scale, I started a blog and I decided the next blog post and then what's going to go on this page and what I'm going to write for another website. And as I was doing that, the more I was doing that, the more excited I was getting, the more happiness I was deriving from it. So I knew that is exactly what I need to do. And when I started thinking about my first product, I was in heaven. And even though it did very poorly. <laughs> so the point is, I, I started to get to know myself really, really well. And leadership was one thing. Creating was another thing. I had no idea I enjoyed creating so much until I started creating things in my own business. And that's another area where if and, and again, some of us don't get this opportunity. If you've always had a job, sometimes you're creative genius and you do have creative genius inside you. All of us do. Sometimes it's just dormant because it hasn't had a chance to come to, to the surface unless you have a hobby. And even so, you may not be taking it seriously. But when you start working on something that's really important to you and it really matters, then your creativity can flow and you can see just how much of a genius you are. So I started to do things. And, and at the beginning, I just had a blog that, that surprised me. So I was like, where is this coming from? Ideas for books and for products and for collaboration with other bloggers, for instance. Where is this coming from? Because I did not have this in my corporate job. And I started to just see sides of myself that I really liked. So I started to strengthen those skills and I started to reward that behavior. Just like you're training a little child, you don't want to do behavior that hurts that child, you don't want them to do behavior that hurts them. You want to reward behavior that makes them feel good. So I was trying to do that with my inner child. And and really, it started to come together. So I don't know if I got away from your question. I do want to answer it. No, you, you did. And actually, I think that you've kind of moved to the second part of the question that I wanted to ask, which was in some of what you've written, the really compelling piece about telling your transition story was when you say that you rewired your brain to start thinking the right way. Yes. And I wonder if you could elaborate on that a little bit for us. Yes, yes. Thinking the right way. So most of us have a certain way we grow up and and certain things that we learn and we get exposed to. And then there is a voice, constant voice in your head and you are talking to yourself all day long. It's natural. So that voice, what it's saying basically dictates your life and your reality because everything that your mind decides ends up happening or other uh, vice versa. Everything that your mind decides is not going to happen is not going to happen. So for instance, if you've already given up on yourself in your head, there is nobody in the world that can help you. Nobody. But if you have decided that no matter what, let's say you're going to get out of this job and have your own business by the end of this year, if you have already decided that in your mind, it is going to happen and nothing is going to stop you. So our minds are the most powerful muscle, the most powerful uh, resource that you have when you use it well. So I noticed that more than anything, as much as I loved to blame my parents or my bosses or, oh my God, this and that happened in my life. That's why I didn't go in the right direction. The truth is I was really getting in my own way. 
And once I understood how powerful my thoughts are, and again, this is the longest part of the process because you also have to forgive yourself for the things that you wish you had done by di- but didn't and realize this is you're exactly at the right place in the right time in your life as long as you take the next step the way that would serve you best. And the way that it would serve you best is first you decide you, you realize how powerful your thoughts are and you first get a hold of them. You first start hearing them before you can do anything about them because right now you don't even hear them. They are so part of who you are. You're walking around thinking, oh, I'm so fat. Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I'm, and, and, and we do this and we, we really destroy our amazing opportunities by that because that thought alone kills your physical energy, kills your spirits. So I started to pay attention. And again, I I really have to emphasize this is a process. This is a process. It's a long, painful process. It was for me. And I was very attached to those very negative thoughts. So giving them up and, and realizing I have the power, I have the control, I can retrain myself to think And to believe that I will be successful even though I didn't start my business at 21 or 31 even. And just understand that that is is really the most powerful thing. If you can do that, you are going to be successful no matter what happens to you. So how you think and how you respond to those thoughts is very powerful. And that's really really the, the, the nuts and bolts of it. So what kind of advice would you give to people that Mm -hmm. maybe are finding themselves stuck in a place like that? Stuck, you mean in a job or or with their thoughts? With their thoughts, stuck in in a place of negative thinking where they can't quite get to that horizon that you're describing. Okay. So, and, and I've learned to really be gentle with myself because I used to be really harsh and disciplined and that worked to some extent. So because I've learned to be gentle with myself, I'm also gentle with, with my readers and with whoever asks this. So I would really say, be gentle with yourself, but also be very honest. So stop denying if you're doing this, stop denying that you are stuck in a place and that your thoughts are, are indeed uh, that, that stop denying that your thoughts are are important. Your thoughts are important. This is something you can control. You are not a victim. You can decide to change this. And I think just that part alone, right? Just coming to terms with the fact that you are not a victim. Nobody needs to feel sorry for you because you have the power to turn things around. So you haven't done anything yet. You are just accepting this fact. And that gives you some thoughts, some food, food for thought, and it makes you think. Maybe, maybe all these assumptions you have uh, that oh, you're going to go broke, or you, your business will never take off, or your boss hates you, he'll never promote you. Maybe those thoughts are just made-up thoughts, and it's a very slow process. So at first, awareness, bringing everything to the surface, and accepting that. You, you can change them, that alone, and that may take a few weeks. And then if you feel like you're ready for the next step, I think just start listening. Like I mentioned earlier, start listening to your thoughts. And there are some tools you can use. There's actual tools that are very helpful. I just finished um, this book, this fabulous book by Julia Cameron, The Artist's Way, which is really a must book for 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 everyone. And uh, the one thing that came out of this, and I've been doing this for a while, is what she calls the morning pages. 
So this is the idea of writing, using writing as a therapy. And I have been doing this for months now. There's actually a tool online. We can maybe put this in the show notes, Andy, 750-750-words.com, which is based on the morning pages. So the idea is you write 300 pages every morning, or you can use this tool, write 750 words online every day, stream of consciousness. And what happens is you hear your thoughts. These, these are not, this is not eloquent writing. This does not have to make sense. You're not even supposed to read it. But what happens is your thoughts come to the page and then you start hearing them and you start realizing that you think the most terrible things about yourself. In fact, I heard a quotation that said, your worst enemy cannot think upon you what you think of yourself or what you think of yourself because we are so harsh on ourselves. So that's one tool I would use. In fact, that tool can lead to so many more benefits. But the first thing is awareness. So you're not fixing the problem. You're not taking this huge giant step to become a positive thinker tomorrow. That That's not going to happen. But you are saying, look, I am open to change because I'm realizing I can change. And that alone is, is, is news for me. So just get used to it and then start using this tool. Listen to your thoughts. Again, be gentle with yourself. But then once you have a general idea what thoughts you are battling, then we can move towards fixing them. And I don't know if you want to go into that yet or not. Sure. You're on a roll. Let's keep going. I'm on a roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, again, there's so many tools, so many tools. And some of them work better for some people. Depends how you go into it. If you think, oh, this is not going to work, but I'm going to try it versus I'm really going to give this a try. But I do love guided meditation affirmations and reading and surrounding yourself with positive information, positive, empowering thoughts and just information that comes to you, right? You're like a sponge, you absorb information all day. So basically filtering what comes through and, and just changing the way you feed your brain. So affirmations are positive affirmations. These are positive statements that you learn to say to yourself instead of all the negative ones that we say. And again, this is going to feel funny or silly to a lot of us at the beginning. And uh, if you go into it skeptical, it's going to be really hard to make it work. So don't tell anyone you're doing this. Don't announce it to the world. Just think of it as an experiment. And you have nothing to lose and you have a lot to gain. So just give yourself time to become familiar with what affirmations are, with what sources of information you could use. And I'm not saying buy self-help books and and start uh, doing meditation and burning incense, although you could do that. It's wonderful. But just just take steps. Take steps in a direction you haven't because whatever you've done maybe hasn't worked. So be open to this and just be good to yourself in this process. And the, the way you know whether this is working or not is very simple. If you feel better, it's working. Because when you have those negative thoughts, you don't feel good. When you're trapped, you don't feel good. It's, it's really very simple. So if this is making you feel a little better, then it's working. And when you feel better, you think better, you make better decisions, you become happier, you attract opportunity, the list goes on. Wow, there's a lot to chew on there. Thanks so much for all of those reflections. That's really that's really great. Thank you. My pleasure. So the purpose of this show, uh, I Congruent Life, is really about sharing stories of authenticity and, and congruence. So what does living authentically or congruently mean to you? What does it mean to me? 
Well, it means that every day I am pretty happy right now here. So for instance, I'll give you an example to explain that. My husband and I plan a lot. We plan travels. We just decided we're going to spend five weeks in Europe later this year. And I'm excited. I'm very excited. But I want to make sure that every day, not just pockets of time that come up and then pass, are perfect the way I want to live. If I don't have a certain thing that's going right, I can change it. So just being in in control, as much as we are in control of my days, of my schedule, of my flexibility, of when I am creating versus when I am teaching something versus when I am reading, all of that, I want to, I need to be in a place where I can move through that and and, uh, align that to what I need at the moment. So as long as I'm doing that, and as long as I am creating and producing and learning and reading what's important to me, what's aligned to my values. And as long as I am giving back and helping people with things that I know I can help them, I think to me that's that's living my highest life and living authentically. Mm. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you. And I'm glad that you've mentioned your husband so many times, you know, as you've been talking here, I think it's really inspiring when you can find ways to, to align your, not just your, your life, but your, your work and the things that you actually want to do with your partner and be able, first of all, as you said, you've described sort of convincing him to leave his job as well, but then you've managed to kind of align your work projects in such a way that you can work together on this. Yes, that, that has been that that has been, I think, the most interesting part of the process. So we've worked together now officially 11 months. I'm sorry, 13 months. But he came on board. I my, my brother was working for me before that. He was doing all my technical support. So my brother quit five months before Andy joined officially. So we started a few months before he actually quit. And it's interesting because you get to know This person you've known, I've been married almost 12 years. We've known each other many years before that. And I never knew things that I learned about him through our work. And I I thought I knew everything there was. So I learned that he's very strategic, even though he's also an engineer, or that he is a very, very creative, outside the box thinker. And, uh, And he grounds me. When I'm, you know, oh, I got to, you know, do all these things and uh, just, you know, all over the place. He grounds me. And also he he has these boundaries that I've learned to respect. It's been very interesting. I really believe it's for more couples than not. And by that, I mean a lot of couples are actually scared of doing something as crazy as this. I don't think it's that crazy. If you're good friends and you have a good relationship and you have the same vision in the future of what you want for us, it's this freedom to not have a boss, to be our own bosses, to to take breaks when we want, to work hard. We work hard all weekend, right? We, we want we want that flexibility. So for us, that's important. But but you might be surprised just just how many of you might actually have this relationship if you really just think about it. But it does take. We were actually just interviewed by another couple traveler. They travel the world and they work together about this topic. How do we make it work? And uh, I think uh, we could go into some of those if you like. But uh, it's been a wonderful process, and um, we we are we're in a good place right now, Andy. But it took some learning. Well, I think that's hugely inspiring to find ways to make that happen. So thanks for sharing that. My pleasure. 
So what are you up to now, Varnish? What kinds of things are going on in your world that you're excited about? I am excited about uh, another year. It's brand new year. Like I mentioned to you, we have a lot of travel. I think one of the challenges and things that I am excited about both is that um, I need to stay productive, hugely productive, even though even, even during traveling. And that's that's a challenge both of us have. And another one is uh, fitness. So Andy and I are doing a lot of fitness training together this year. So we are very excited about just being healthy and being taking good care of ourselves. We are excited about our second book that's coming out. So we had a book come out last year, The Healthy Juicers Bible, and this one, which we really worked on together. He did a lot of the layout and the outlining and the images, and I did a lot of the writing. And this is coming out in March. So we are very excited that our publishers were um, so good to to offer us to write another book. And the first one has done really well. So the whole book publishing has been fascinating. We're learning about it. And I think we're just excited about having this opportunity every single day to to do what we think is important and to uh, to continue to to help people that that cross our path as you've gone through these various transitions and and these different kinds of projects that you've done have there been times that you've experienced fear about what you were doing or doubt maybe about the path that you were on and if so how did you address that Yes. The last time I felt that way was this morning. (laughs) (laughs) It never goes away, ever. It shows up on my morning pages all the time. Of course. I mean, fear is just there. I used to think we can just crush it. We could just obliterate it and and be done with it. But that's just uh, your ego talking. I think you just need to understand that your will has to be stronger than your fear. So as long as you know that The fear is not getting in your way of hitting publish, of saying I quit, of starting your business, of writing the book. If it's not getting in the way, a little fear is actually really good. It gets your butterflies going and your juices flowing. And uh, I think you just need to understand that it's not going to go away. So you need to be in charge. When the fear becomes in charge, that's when you have to really be on your guard and start taking some action. And for me, it's been uh, understanding that I'm not alone in this. It's not going to work the first time or the first month or with the first product or with the second one or the first year or maybe the second year. So basically, I decided that no matter what, no matter what happens, and now to both of us, at first it was just me and we had one safe, stable income coming in, but no matter what happens, I am never getting another job again, ever, ever. So then I know it's just a matter of finding the thing that's going to work. And when I'm very clear on that, when there is no backup plan, where there's no escape, there's no escape plan, then um, I am pushing through everything and fear is one of them. And I think you just need to really realize fear can also be a good thing. It tells you it tells you a lot about yourself. It tells you uh, a lot about your progress too. So as you progress through this living authentically, your relationship with your fear changes and you can see your growth. And that's something to be really proud of because your courage becomes a little stronger every day. And you just, it, I think the progress is really beautiful, but again, it really never goes away. And the, the last thing I'm going to add to that is you really want to have a support system. So I'm very lucky. My husband is very supportive. And of course, I am so blessed that we have this huge community of uh, 
friends and, and people that really understand what it's like because they are all going through it thanks to online and social media like how Andy and I met and conferences and stuff like that. But if it's not your immediate family and friends that decides to be supportive, that is okay. And that's a whole other topic. But I think my biggest lesson there was not to put this unreasonable expectation on your immediate family and friends if they don't understand what you want to do. But do it anyway. Just go out there and find your support system because expecting them to understand you and then saying they don't love you if they don't understand you, that's just a whole mess. Don't go there. And putting that expectation out on them, that's just too much. I mean, you're living your own life, different generation, different path. It's okay. Don't let them stop you, but don't expect them to cheer you on just because you've decided to quit your job and and go write your book. But do find your support system because that helps you deal with those fears and doubts and insecurities that are going to show up, but you are going to beat them. Farnoosh, how do you connect the work that you do in the world with the difference that you want to make in the world? Or maybe to ask it a different way, what do you want your legacy to be? I, I don't I don't know really what I want it to be. I, I used to want to have this great grand legacy. And um, to, to me now, it's the simple stuff. Like we went to check my PO box today. We hadn't been there for weeks. And I had this letter, this handwritten letter from this guy, Marco. I don't know how to find him. So Marco, if you're out there, tell me you. <laughs> who you are. He sent this letter with $20 bill thanking me because I've made such a huge difference in his life. And I've never worked with Marco. I might have exchanged emails with him. So to me, I have left a little bit of a legacy with Marco. And that's so gratifying that just doing that on a small number, I I really get enough joy out of it. I hope that uh, my blog continues after that people read what I've written, that it applies to next generations and really just uh, helping people understand that they are not trapped. They're not a victim of circumstance, no matter what happens with the economy, with the government, with, with policies here and there, none of that really matters because you're a strong, smart human being and, and stuff that we forget that's so important, just reminding you that that's you know everything you need to know to succeed you just have to be reminded and just to help remind people that if i can do that i i will be very happy so that's that's my uh, ineloquent answer to that question <laughs> no that's a beautiful answer thank you oh. how can our listeners engage with you farnish Oh, they can find me online. I live at prolificliving.com and you can find me on social media. So if you choose Prolific Living anywhere on Twitter, on Facebook, I'm there. If I'm not there, tell me who has it so I can go grab it (laughs) (laughs) because I think I have it everywhere. But no, seriously, please connect with me because I love to meet new people. I'm definitely very active on on Twitter and Facebook. And also I, I... respond to every comment on my blogs. Love to know what you think. And and I'm just so grateful that you had me on this show, Andy. It's such a pleasure to speak to you on such very important topics tonight. Thank you. Oh, it's been a delight. It's been really great to connect with you. And thanks so much for all the wisdom that you're that you're sharing with us. Is there a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with about authenticity? About authenticity. I would say this is this is this is the the one thought that's very simple that I want you to remember, and it will relate to authenticity too. Uh, to trust yourself, 
to trust yourself, to give yourself permission to trust yourself some more because you don't need the validation from outside. You don't need the permissions. And once you do trust yourself, you start to find your own authentic life, your own authentic direction and style and, and everything will come together. But just get, get, get to know yourself and really trust yourself because you know what you're doing. Farnoosh, thanks so much for spending this time with us. It's really, really great to connect with you. And thanks for sharing your stories. My pleasure, Andy. Thank you for having me. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Farnoosh Brock. The show notes for this episode are at acongruentlife.net slash 41 or acongruentlife.net slash Brock, which is B-R-O-C-K. I find Farnoosh to be one of the most enthusiastic folks I know online, but yet she finds it surprising that people think about her that way. Please do connect with her at prolificliving.com. Many thanks to those that have been subscribing and leaving reviews for the show. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, I'd really appreciate it if you take a quick moment to subscribe to A Concurrent Life, which you can do at acongruentlife.net slash iTunes or acongruentlife.net slash Stitcher. Thanks so much. Once again, thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. I really do appreciate your support. I'm so honored to be connecting with such inspiring people recently. I've had some great conversations that I'm really excited to share with you all. We'll see you next week for the next one. Thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. For more, please visit us on the web at acongruentlife.net. Do you have feedback about the show or suggestions for future guests? Please contact us through the website or send an email to feedback at acongruentlife.net. See you next time.